Welcome to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, where we bridge the gap between you and your goals with science and sustainability in your health, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle journey. I hope you share and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Lynn, and I'm here with my co-host, Marissa Roy. And in today's episode, we're going to chat a little bit about self-sabotage. So I know if you are a loyal listener, you're like, hey, you guys did an episode on this a long time ago, which we did, <laughs> but we want to update it a little bit. And, you know, it's been a couple of years and talk about it because it is something that we think is super important and we've done a lot of growth within the past two years. So I feel like we can talk about it in a much better context today. Yeah. I was going to say, or you're a loyal listener and you're like, I don't remember that episode because <laughs> that's where I would be. Cause I, even I, like, I think too, it's like the awareness level of like, we created the podcast. We know all the episodes we've done all this stuff, but like even the people that have been listening to every single one over the years, I would be shocked if they remembered like, oh, there's an episode of this and that and that and that. Um, so yeah, we're re basically doing a redo of, what was it? Episode 40 of the podcast. So mm -hmm. self-sabotage. But I bring this up because I've talked with actually multiple clients this week and last week about this topic in particular. And I just, I I remember when we recorded that episode I left that recording feeling like I wish I knew more about this topic. I don't feel like I fully understand it. I don't feel like I did it justice on that episode. I don't remember, like, I think you did fine. I, I don't have any, like, I wasn't like, oh, we both <laughs> fucked it up. But like, <laughs> but I remember leaving being like, I felt like my knowledge on that subject matter was inadequate. Hmm. Um, and so like today and the way that I've been able to speak to clients about it now I still feel like it's a very deeply entrenched topic, but I feel better equipped to talk about it today and actually give, you know, tips that are going to help you truly overcome it for good. Um, so yeah, we've grown a lot over the years. Yeah. Now, now our listeners like, oh, another mindset episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes and no. I mean, there's yeah. definitely stuff that you can like actively do with, with this stuff and yeah, I feel like if anyone's still listening to our podcast at this point, it's because they like that that stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. So first thing we normally do is define it and kind of talk about what self-sabotage is. Mm -hmm. Would you like to go for it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the technical definition of it is. Maybe that would have been good to Google, but like self-sabotage. So I is... have that. Okay, perfect. Go ahead. <laughs> so it's, it refers to the subconscious or like intentional behaviors that prevents an individual from achieving their goals. So you mm -hmm. could self self-sabotage your own progress and it just ultimately keeps you back from reaching your full potential. So it's, it's a really complex phenomenon, right? Because it's like, why would I keep myself from success? Like, why would I do that? Yeah. Like I want to be successful. So it's like really taking a deep dive into like the like a variety of factors that can be at play, whether it's like past traumas or if it is just like negative thought patterns, like if you have low self-esteem or just like you fear success. 
Mm, yeah. And that's one that all of this stuff, you know, the reason that it's come up for another episode is because like when I've been talking to some clients about this recently, I like pointed out, I was like, oh yeah, like that's a self-sabotaging behavior. And like every single one of them was like, no, I don't think that's it. I would know, like, I, you know, self-sabotage, I'm not doing that intentionally. And I had to like stop all of them and be like, but it's not intentional. Like it's very much rooted in your subconscious. And the only way to actually overcome it is to figure out why that's happening in the first place. What is it rooted to, tied back to? Um, that could very well be trauma and childhood and all the stuff that like I used to think was so stupid to talk about to be honest but some of it is that and some of it is just like it's either that or it comes back to like self-worth and I think at the root of it it all comes back to self-worth and like what we truly truly believe that we deserve and again that's hard because when you ask someone what do you want to achieve what do you feel you deserve in life all this stuff most people's answer is like I think I can achieve maybe not most people's answer but like if you're in this space and you're trying to reach your goals like you're setting goals that you feel are attainable that you feel like you actually can achieve that you feel like you can sustain and deserve but there's something within us that if we're not reaching those goals that is holding us back and if we are not uncovering what that is then we will continue to just pull ourselves back down to what we're comfortable with and what the like similar to the upper limit problem, the amount of abundance and love and success in our life that we believe that we deserve um, at the subconscious level, not the conscious or what I tell people that I think I deserve. And for me, that was actually really hard to figure out because I've always been like, go, 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 get everything, get everything done, achieve a lot of things type of person. And so when I kept kind of sabotaging myself back in certain areas of my life, to admit that I was afraid of success because of what that might mean and what that might entail was a really hard realization to come to. And I had a lot of denial around it at first because I was like, no, of course I want success with my business and with these things. But the root of it is like, there's, there's some fear there. You consciously might want that, but like there's something in your nervous system or something within you that is still fearful. And if you don't deal with that, you're never going to get to where you want to go. Yeah. And I, I think that sometimes when it comes to a topic like self-sabotage and, and when it relates to health and fitness, sometimes it just like, there may be almost like a disconnect. It's like, I don't understand how I would self-sabotage in those areas. So I feel like something that's very common is in like relationships when yeah. you, you know, you're in this relationship and maybe you push your partner further away you know, whether it's, and I feel like, cause a lot of people do that. Right. So I feel like yeah. it's almost easier to recognize and like, it's, it's the same, same kind of tendency that you have with your, like your health and fitness. It's like, maybe you're in a great relationship. Everything is going great. And you start to push your spouse away because you have like an internal, like, again, it could be conscious. It could be uh, unconscious of like, I don't deserve love or I am not worthy of this person or, you know, whatever it may be. Cause I feel like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I do see myself doing that, pushing away. Or if I'm feeling, um, uh, self-conscious or like, if I'm not feeling, you know, pretty or whatever, like then I'll like, I'll shut down and which like, 
does the cycle of like, well, then they're not engaged. And so they push further away. And then you're like, ha, see, like they're, I knew that they didn't love me <laughs> or whatever it is. I feel like it's almost easier to see it in that context than it is with like health and fitness. Um, so I don't know, maybe we can give some examples of like how we've seen it present itself in different clients or even ourselves and like behaviors that way. Yeah. Well, even with the relationship thing, like you mentioned, like pushing away and some people actively acknowledge that they push people away and they, they know what that looks like, but for other people, it's not as conscious. And I've even caught myself doing this, like, God bless my poor husband. Um, (laughs) But like things will be going well overall. And what do I do? I start looking for problems or things to be upset about. And there's a fine line here because like you do need to advocate for yourself, you know, uh, advocate for what you deserve in a relationship. I'm not saying you just need to be complacent and grateful and happy with what you have. I think that there's like objective truths about like what is good behavior in a relationship and what is good treatment in a relationship and what is not. But like, Sometimes like I'll just pick at the little things and I hate when I do this, but I'll just like pick at the little things or the things that I, you know, wish were different or could be better. And then I make it into this problem. And then I'm resentful and upset about it when like in reality, everything's actually going fine, but I'm creating problems because I'm looking for ways to get that justification. Again, not realizing it until, you know, I brought awareness to this in my life overall, but like for the longest time and probably being completely honest in many past relationships that have ended, I've probably done the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Like everyone's (laughs) definitely done that. Yeah. Um, I, (laughs) I was just thinking of like two weeks ago. Oh my God. Yeah. Same thing. My poor husband, I was (laughs) miserable to be around. I was, I was so irritable. Everything he did pissed me off. And I was like, why am I feeling like this? And then a couple of days later, I started my period and I was like, oh, <laughs> and I, I, I hate being that person, you know, cause I feel like it's so stereotypical for like, you know, women to be like, are you PMSing? But I like a hundred percent was so bad, but, um, yeah. but yeah, it's like looking, looking for problems because it's like, uh, or, or it could just be, um, you could be cheating, right? Like it could be like you, you're doing something to push the other person away or, um, it, it just, just a lot of different behaviors that you can have within relationships, um, or feeling like you are picking a type of person like over and over and over again, because you feel like you don't deserve anything so, better. So yeah, it, <laughs> it, yeah. Um, it shows up in many ways. Yeah, that's a big one. Like if you have that, that same, the same type of people, the same toxicity in the relationships, if you see that pattern over and over again, you're like, why can't I find guys that are different? That is most likely a self-sabotaging pattern. Sorry to break it to you, but for fitness, let's, let's go over to that. Yes. Um, yes. Cause we're not relationship coaches, um, <laughs> but uh, okay. So self-sabotage, a couple of examples that I've seen very recently First one is a client in a fat loss phase. She would start to see some progress. She got consistent. We saw some breakthroughs with her weight. And then she mentioned the other week and she's somebody that I have brought this awareness to. So like, she's like also looking for it, but she's noticed that like when she loses weight, her then next inclination 
is to kind of give herself excuses to be lenient once she's lost a little bit of weight. Like, oh, I lost a pound this week. I can have this extra snack. Or like, I, um, you know, I made it to my goal weight. Now I can like be more lenient. And so I do this personally whenever I'm like in a more comfortable place with my body. I will tend to just like be more complacent and lenient and be like, well, I can have this thing now and I deserve it and I earned it and all this stuff. And there is a certain amount of that that's okay, but like if it just continues and continues and then it stalls your progress or you go backwards, that's definitely a problem. Um, <laughs> there's also um, kind of the, the the all or nothing thinking as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so another client of mine who she asked me, um, she kind of asked like, hey, summer's coming up. It's going to get like more social and busy with stuff like with alcohol And so she kind of asked, like, is it better to have like one drink for three nights in a row or like a bunch of drinks one night and then not the others? And I was like, where is this question coming from? Like, that's a really interesting question. And she was just like, well, typically, like when I drink, like I just, um, you know, I'll tend to be like, okay, well, I had one and, you know, one drink is like four pounds on the scale. So like, I'll like, just kind of be like, you know, and just from past experience, like the bloating, the inflammation, and then, Mm. and then she'll, so that's her association. So she's like, okay, well, if I have one drink and that's four pounds on the scale, I might as well just have a second and a third. And I was like, that's kind of a self-sabotaging mindset because it's not necessarily the case. And having more is definitely just putting you in a worse position. Um, And then, yeah. And then just kind of like, anytime you're just making choices that are out of alignment with your goals. Like if you just find yourself making a choice and then looking back and being like, wish I didn't do that. That messed me up. Like dig into what was happening there. Like it could be, um, for a lot of people, it's like fear of missing out, peer pressure around alcohol, around food, and like not making that decision in the moment. And you kind of have to just look at the situation itself. Whenever you have those regrets, when did you make a choice that you're not in alignment with? Then what was, what was the context of that choice? And that's where we can start digging into the self-sabotage. Yeah. And we, we've talked about this a lot. My clients love this example. It's like, if you are, you know, you have your macros, you have a meal plan or you have whatever diet protocol that you are adhering to and you mess up. Like you overeat, maybe you go out to dinner, maybe you have a drink or two. And so the, the, whatever, for whatever reason, you just go, well, I already messed up. So I might as well keep going. Mm-hmm. And it is, I mean, I have a hundred percent done that before. So I, I know that that justification or that mindset, cause I've been there and I've done it and it's, but it's like, okay, but if you had a flat tire, you wouldn't go, well, I've got one flat tire, so I might as well stab the other three. And like, like, if that sounds ridiculous, you'd like, I would never do that. And it's like, but then why do we do that with health and fitness? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that, again, that all or nothing, we really, really, really need, need to get away from, but recognizing like that, yeah, that is a, a form of self-sabotage. Cause maybe you went over your calories by like four or 500 not a huge deal. Just get right back into it the next day. But like, if you overeat, you could put yourself upwards of like a thousand, 2000, even 3000 calories, depending on how crazy you go. But like, that is, you're bringing yourself even, even further away from your goals. And if you had just been like that, whatever, get back right to it the next day. 
Yeah, the tire analogy, you know, is something that we talk about all the time in health and fitness, but it's interesting that you say it now because, you know, go back one episode on the podcast. I believe one episode ago will have been the episode with Travis and the limiting beliefs cycle. So let's break that down. Like what's actually the difference there? So you overeat and you say, well, I might as well eat more because I screwed up. And that's essentially slashing your other three tires. And with the tires on the car, when one is flat and the other three are still inflated, why don't we slash the other three? Well, it's because we know that there is a solution to that problem that we're capable of fixing. So we go under the car, we get the spare, and we replace the tire, and then we're fixed. And that is something that's very common knowledge, right? Um, And so if you think about it, somebody who didn't know that was a possibility might feel more hopeless. And maybe they wouldn't slash the other three tires, but they sure as hell wouldn't do anything proactive, right? Um, And so it's the knowing, the belief that there is a solution. So for the, I overate and I'm going to do more of it, the question you ask that Travis has taught and that I've been regurgitating in so many conversations lately is what would you have had to believe to feel like you just got to keep going? You just got to get it all in and all this stuff. And in the root of all that, you're going to have to kind of dig a little bit, but it's usually something along the lines of, I'm not capable of this. I'll never get to my goal. I'm not worthy of success. Um, or just the lack of belief that the solution is actually possible for you on the other end. And then you have to ask yourself when you find that belief and it's very deep rooted and it's usually a hard truth to get to is, is that actually true? Now here's the tricky part. There's probably a part of you that says yes. And that is what we need to change. And the only way that you change it is by deliberately saying no to that question, even if you don't hundred percent believe it yet. So is that true? The answer is no. You do have a solution on your side, and that's very much easier to say when you have a coach guiding you and a team behind you and a strategy that you've put in place. If you're kind of just taking shots in the dark, like the answer might be yes. And that's probably why a lot of people continue spinning their wheels. But when you have that plan in place, the answer is no, whether or not you fully believe it yet, totally fine. But you're going to have that come up over and over and over and over again, hundreds of thousands of times a day, a week. And you're going to have to squash it every single time. And every time you say no, you feel a little relief. You say, oh, it's not true. There is a solution on the other end. Maybe I can do this. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, do more damage before, you know, it's too late. (laughs) And that's when our behaviors change is when we address that root belief. And so that's really difficult to do. But if you ever catch yourself in that, well, I might as well, or all of that, and you're comparing yourself to that slashing the tire analogy, that's the difference. It's the knowing that there's a solution for you that's actually going to work. Yeah. And I see this a lot with clients who are very, very, very fixated on dieting phases because they think that that's where the magic happens, which I mean, in, in their defense, right? Like you're typically you, you lose weight, like, right. You're cutting and you, you can see muscles and all this stuff. But I've seen this a lot with clients who really struggle with the mindset of being in like maintenance or building phase, because they're like, when are we going to cut? When are we going to diet? Like, when is this going to happen? And 
for whatever reason, like, you know, we, we say, cool. All right. Like you've maintained or whatever. Um, we're going to now go into a dieting phase. And as soon as that happens, all of their behaviors change. They're now overeating. They're now not going to the gym. They're now not doing what they need to do worse than they were when they were in this maintenance phase. And it's like, you would think it'd be the complete opposite, right? Because they were so excited about the dieting and it's like, what is going on? And you talk to them and they're like, well, I just, it's just not going to work for me. And so it's like, yeah, of course it's not going to, if you're self-sabotaging, if you're overeating, if you're not doing what you need to do. So I think that's really interesting. And it's not because, and, and then it, what can happen is they can say, well, you know what, just it, see, I knew it. Dieting didn't work for me. But it's like, yes, but your your actions were not there. They were not in alignment with with dieting. So you weren't actually dieting. So it's not the fact that dieting didn't work. It's just that your behaviors right now weren't reflective of being in a diet. But it goes back to that belief of either I'm not worthy of this or it's just I, I'm not capable of achieving this type of success. Like it's only for other people, um, which is interesting because they signed up for coaching. And so again, I know we talk a lot about, right. It's not just macros. It's not just fitness. Like this is why we dive into the mindset side of things, because it can just be like a little bit of that self-reflection, a little bit of uh, internal work and something just flips and you're like, oh, I am worthy of this or, oh, wow. Like, yeah, my behaviors are not reflective of what I want. Like, how do I change some things? Um, but that's a, a really, really big one that I see with clients. Yeah. Well, it's the phrase, right? Like whether you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. And mm -hmm. you're going to do everything in your power to prove that to yourself. And so if you think you can't, your actions are going to fall in alignment with the fact that you can't. And then guess what's going to happen? You're not going to get to your goal. You don't ever yeah. get to your goal by accident. Um, but if you think that you can, or at least you really work hard on reinforcing the belief that you can, even if you don't a hundred percent believe it, what's going to happen is more of your actions are going to align with the belief that you can, and then you're going to get closer and closer to your goal. And the more proof that you stack up, the more actions you take that are in alignment with your goals, that stacks up proof that you are capable. And then you're going to start to see a little bit of progress. You're going to start to see some results. Guess what that's going to do? Stack more proof. And something that, um, I forget what exactly what the quote was from Alex Hormozzi, but he was essentially saying something along the lines of like, in order to believe that you can do something, you know, you don't necessarily have to believe in yourself all the way. You just have to create this undeniable stack of proof that shows that you're capable of doing what you said you could do. And then you'll believe it. Um, so I think it's really just a matter of being aware of the fact that if you don't believe that you can, it's something that you can change and it's something that you have to work on through the process. Otherwise, you're just going to prove yourself right when you think that you can't. Hey, hey, if you're not driving and you're liking this episode, just take two seconds and support our show by giving it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. These ratings and reviews just allow us to bring more knowledgeable and influential people onto this show for you to learn everything possible about science and sustainability with respect to your goals. And if you like this episode, just screenshot it and tag us on Instagram to show your support. One share really could be the catalyst for someone in your life to transform their body, their health, and their fitness for good. And of course, it helps our show grow too, and we appreciate that. All right, back to the show.
I feel like there are just so many types of behaviors that we see within like the health and fitness. Like another one could be procrastination. Like you just kind of like put off your workouts or you put off meal prep or you put off whatever it is that you need to do and you procrastinate. And then you kind of have this like, oh my gosh, like I, like, I don't, I'm not motivated or like, see, I'm not doing it. And it leads to then having like guilt and frustration and like, oh my gosh, I'm paying a coach and I'm not doing what I need to do. So I've seen that or procrastination, like I'm just going to scroll on my phone instead of working out and then say, complain, I don't have enough time to do anything. So just like little things like that. And I guess the other thing I've seen is I, like that perfectionistic tendency, right? Like it has to be all or nothing because they have this ingrained thought that in order to see results, like I have to suffer or it has to be extreme. So everything has, like, I have to be doing like hours of cardio or nothing at all, or I have to be on this like really intense meal plan or nothing at all. Like I can't have balance. I can't have um, moderation. Like I have to cut out alcohol. I have to cut out carbs. I have to do this. Like, and I've seen that a lot. And like, as soon as they get any sort of like, again, the same thing, like I've fell off my plan. I wasn't able to do it. It's like, well, I'm not going to do anything at all. And so it's really, really difficult to move into like, Hey, like, let's just pick a couple things. Let's do really great at that. And like, let's keep doing that over and over and over and you will be successful. Yeah. Well, I feel like the theme there is like all the dysfunctional behaviors that you mentioned, perfectionism, procrastination, all or nothing thinking, setting yourself up for failure by perpetuating all or nothing thinking or extremes. All of them are either rooted in the belief that like, you know, I'm setting myself up for failure essentially because I think that I can't, or I'm procrastinating or putting off or only doing it perfectly because I think that I can't. All of these things are just, they're setting us up for failure because we're trying to prove ourselves right, whether we think that we can or we can't. And they're just, it's just all of these dysfunctional behaviors that people typically just spend their whole lives spinning their wheels through um, is all under underlying, you know, the underlying belief is, I don't know if I'm actually worth having a body that I'm proud of and being loved and accepted and liked and loving myself. And that's when we get into why would that be? (laughs) And that's when it gets really deep. And that's when maybe you should go to therapy (laughs) Um, or at least have somebody that can dive deep with you into that subject. If you are like me and you've like been resistant to that in the past Um, and, you know, at the very minimum, have somebody who can actually get to the root of that. But usually it's either a therapist or a mentor or somebody that is trained in motivational interviewing and asking questions like, or like a counselor, like you. Um, but yeah, like when you get into that stuff, it starts to get deep and it starts to get heavy. Um, and it's usually, it doesn't like, not everybody has the, like I was abused as a kid or like my parents left or this and that, but like some of us do. And like, that could be where it stems from. Or it could just be from a repeated pattern that you've perpetuated in your life that has created this belief that like, oh, well, this has, this has been the only thing that's happened to me. So like, this is clearly what it means. Right. And so the question you just have to ask yourself is like, what, like, 
where does that come from? And what does that mean to me? Like, what have I made that mean? Because things happen and we like things happen and they don't mean anything at all. Meaning I could, um, I could stub my toe and I could say, that was the worst thing that ever happened to me. My toe will never be the same. And that hurt like hell, or I could stub my toe and be like, (laughs) darn it, moving on with my life or road rage. I've talked about that before too. Like same thing could happen. It could mean two completely different things with the same person or two different people. And so what I'm saying is, you know, when we have these past events in our life that have shaped who we are, this is kind of the definition of trauma. It's not the event itself. It's what we have lent meaning to it on. And that for me was like, a. Uh, I had to learn what the actual definition was because I just hated the word trauma. I was like, everybody says trauma. And I, I think it's stupid. Like, I don't know what it means, but that's what it means. It's the meaning you assign to the event. And if it happens over and over again, it's going to perpetuate these beliefs that you're not worth it. You're not capable. You're not X, Y, and Z. And usually it's something along the lines of our capabilities as a human being or our self-worth at the very, very root of it. And it's usually something that takes a lot of time to get into, but if you can nail it down and then say, actually, that's not true. I have control over this. I can choose differently. That's when we start to overcome the self-sabotage. Yeah. So I think kind of going into like, okay, now I know what it is. I have seen these behaviors and I do do that. So kind of like you were saying, it's like, we really need to dive deep into the underlying causes of those behaviors. Like what is, why do we have those thoughts and behaviors and like what's causing that? And so, like you said, it's like, okay, I either need to talk with a therapist or have a friend or, you know, really maybe do some journaling and really do a lot of internal work. Um, so I like the the other thing that you suggested as well is like, okay, I have these goals. How can I break them down into smaller, more manageable, like more, more tangible steps? And like, so that way I can start to create success and I can start to try to break those patterns because I'm like, okay, well, you know, in the past, all I've done is fail, but like, look, I'm losing weight or like, look, I can eat healthy or I can in- incorporate some vegetables or I can go on walks. And so you you just compound like over and over you celebrate those successes. Like you, maybe you ditch some of the friends that you're around and you create like a more supportive environment. You find a different community who are more uplifting and it just becomes part of you. And then all of a sudden you're just like, wow, like fitness is, is my life. Like, this is what I do now. Or, I mean, it doesn't have to be that extreme, right? Like, it's not like you have to put fit at the end of your Instagram account, but, um, (laughs) But like you just, you just start to compound that success and that can override like all of your past experiences. But finally, I think it's really important to practice self-compassion and forgiveness. I think that that is really important. And I was laughing when Marissa was talking about like stubbing her toe because (laughs) it's like, you know, you could, it's, it's such a silly example, but like, you know, you could same thing. It's like, oh my God, this was the worst thing in the world. Or it could be like, Oh, Christina, you're so stupid. How did you not see the bed? Like you're such an idiot, you know, or just be like, oh man, like that was dumb. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, or like, oh, you know, I should be more careful, like whatever. And then you move on. So it's kind of the same thing with like, you know, with, with health and fitness, it's like, oh man, like I was just sitting there on my phone scrolling and I could have got a workout in like, 
I I'll do better, you know, tomorrow, or like, maybe I'll at least go on like a 10 minute walk or something, or like just giving yourself compassion and forgiveness. And that's not to say that you're just easy on yourself and you make all these excuses, but you know, when we talk about that all or nothing, it's like, you know, maybe you had a really tough day and like you were scheduled to have a workout or whatever it might be. And you need to miss, or you didn't hit your food perfectly. It's like, just give yourself some kindness and compassion and understanding and make like mental notes or make a site, like make a plan for how you're going to be successful the next time something like that happens. So it really, I think comes down to a lot of like having that growth mindset, right? Like being very, very open to the idea of like mistakes are like mistakes, aren't mistakes. They're just like lessons learned. Like we don't have failures. Like we just learn from this and how do I improve for next time? So um, those are, I would say are like my three kind of, how do we move away from self-sabotaging behavior? Yeah. I just have one thing to add on that, which is like another big piece of overcoming self-sabotage comes back to your identity, um, because it is the, okay. We talked about like, I don't believe I'm worthy. I don't believe that I'm capable. And like, again, these are not things that you chant at yourself in the mirror. These are not things that you are consciously recognizing. So if you're listening to that and you're like, that's not me. And you're in this pattern of consistently setting yourself back, you might want to look deeper, but it comes back to, okay, how do you get out of it? And it's understanding that you're, you're moving away from the person who was not worthy, was not capable Um, And you're creating that undeniable stack of proof to show yourself that you are the person that has changed. And the identity that you give yourself really, really, really makes a difference. Um, And a lot of times we don't believe that we could be that person or we're capable of being that person. So we stay comfortable in kind of the identity that we've wrapped ourselves in before. What's comfortable, right? Um, I'm and, and this is, this comes back to language about how you describe yourself or how your friends or family describe you. If you don't often talk to yourself like verbally or like you're not very aware of the thoughts in your own head about how you speak to yourself, think about like nicknames or the way that like your family or friends have talked to you. Do they tell you that you're the life of the party? Do they tell you that, you know, you're so much more fun when you're drunk or, you know, you're... um you know, you have such good taste in food and you've built an identity around the drinking, the partying, the eating out, the overindulgence, like um, an easy identity for like um, a couple of friends I can think of, like that they can put down a lot of food and then they're expected to do that in social settings because that's the reputation they've given themselves. Even myself, I've, I've kind of had that in my past before. So And then think about like, okay, what is it going to take to break that mold? It's uncomfortable. And then, you know, you start ordering differently and people are like, I thought you were going to eat more. It's like, well, no. And like really understanding the person that you want to become, the tendencies, behaviors, and labels that you have to leave behind in order to change your behaviors moving forward and continue building that stack of proof. And if you define those two people, the person you're leaving behind, the person you're becoming, the tendencies they have and the tendencies you will have, do it in the third person. I think you'll find it much more helpful to be able to personify what you're trying to do. And then you can just ask yourself, like, what, how can I embody 
that person in the decision that I want to make, instead of being like, I just got to do better. I just need to choose differently. Like instead of it's all on you and it's like kind of shame centered or, you know, focused on like just doing better. It's focused on like just aligning your actions with a new person instead of the old person. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I was laughing just because, um, so in our group of friends, when, and I, I don't want this to sound like I'm an alcoholic because I'm absolutely not. Um, but like, I, I do like, I like to drink, right. Like, and I don't drink very heavily a lot at all. Um, and I would say, cause this was like before I was pregnant. So 2021, like 2020, uh, you know, before we had kids and like before a lot of our friends had kids. So we would drink a little bit more. Um, and our, one of the guys in our friend group, like he kind of called like my alter ego. Like when I get drunk, like he calls her Tina. And so I think it's the funniest thing because like, we'll be out and he'll be like, is Tina coming out? And I'm like, no, Tina's not coming out tonight. (laughs) Uh, But it's, it's almost like easier to say like, oh, like I'm not, I'm not going to get drunk. Oh, come on. come And I'm like, no, Tina is away. Like she's not here. (laughs) Um, And it's almost like, and I was just laughing because it's like, we have that conversation. He's like, man, I wish Tina would come out. And I'm like, well, she's away right now (laughs) and I'm here and I'm responsible. (laughs) Um, But it's just, it's just funny. Like, like you said, it's like creating like a, like, oh, that's not me. That's another person. And that person's not here right now. Like, and it almost makes it easier because you're like, that's not me. Like, I don't do those things. That was this person. And so we actually talk about that a lot in our mentorship, right? Like almost like coming and like a lot of celebrities do this with, uh, you know, they get on stage and they're performing Sasha Fierce, right? Like that is Beyonce's like alter ego, which is crazy. You wouldn't think that Beyonce needs an alter ego, um, but she does. And it's the same thing if we're, trying to act in a different persona, like you might feel like you need to be a different person. So maybe you feel like you're a different person in the gym or you're a different person when you're ordering food or you have this, like, what would the healthier version of me do? So even if you don't necessarily think that you're capable of it, it's like, well, maybe this alter ego is, and what would that person do? And like, again, like maybe you start to merge those things after a while and you're like, well, that, you know, I'm still doing those things. So maybe I am actually capable of doing this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I know that we are health and fitness, but it it really, really does dive deeper. And if you feel like you haven't been successful in the past, or if things haven't served you, maybe just take that deep dive into what could be going on internally, mentally, and having people that can ask you those tough questions. And then I think too, when it, when it comes to being successful in your health and fitness journey, like being open to change, because I feel like sometimes what holds people back is they feel like they have an idea of what they need to be or what they need to do to be successful. And they won't break away from that. And it is really, really difficult to talk to them or to bring about change if they feel like they know best. So and I guess that kind of is like a self-sabotaging belief, right? Like I know best, therefore I'm not going to listen to you, even though what I'm doing is not working. Um, so I guess that's kind of another thing that I've seen with certain clients. So making sure that you have that space or that capacity to dive deep 
to try to overcome. And maybe you don't necessarily believe it right away, but breaking down your goals into more tangible things, and then to practice that, that self-compassion and forgiveness. And really, I think that growth mindset is like being open to try new things and have the idea, like, I don't need to be perfect. Like I can make mistakes and I will learn and I will improve and I will eventually find success. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just that prerequisite, like you said, like some people will not have that level of awareness that's necessary to be asked those questions, to dive deep, to make that change. And I think that yeah, I mean, that is a level of self-sabotage, but like one of the prerequisites to overcoming it is like being aware enough, self-aware enough to start to question yourself and your own tendencies in order to, in order to see that change. Yeah. And I will say, I mean, we've had clients and I'm sure it's the same thing with you. It's like, we've, we've worked with them and it just is not as successful as they would have liked or not successful at all. And they leave. And then maybe they come back a year or two later and they're like, Hey, I recognize I was not in the right headspace to do this, but now I'm back and I'm ready to go. And so we we've seen that too. So just because you were not successful with something in the past does not mean that you cannot achieve it in the future. So I would feel like that is just like my one big big takeaway from the whole episode is like, you can, you can, like, I mean, if you just listen to the the previous episode, uh, like you are literally in charge of creating your future. And it's really, really powerful to know that you can change some things to see success. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just giving you the tools and self-awareness to start to ask yourself those questions and then like, really just keeping an open mind to what the answer might be because it's probably going to surprise you and it might not be what you want. And that's kind of the point. (laughs) Awesome guys. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this episode and if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can find both of us on Instagram. You can find me at Christy Lynn fit. Marissa is at Marissa Roy fitness. Thank you guys so much for listening and we hope to see you back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something from it. Please remember that Christina and I are not medical professionals, so if you're going to make any changes to your exercise or nutrition routines, please consult with your doctor or medical team first. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next Tuesday here at the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast.